Inspiring conversations. Inspiring conversations. With Team PNG. With Team PNG. It's full time. PNG defeating Samoa 30 points to nil. As long as you're doing your best, be honest with yourself. The temptations are real. When Team PNG proudly wears the black, red and gold on the world stage, our athletes represent so much more than just the will to win. They stand for the PNG Olympic Committee values of honesty, excellence, respect and openness, as well as the Olympic value of friendship. These are values not only for our athletes, but for you, for me, for everyone. Welcome to Inspiring Conversations with Team PNG. I am Aaron Carney. Today, the fourth in a series of conversations brought to you by the Papua New Guinea Olympic Committee as part of the Australian Government Pacific Oz Sports Program. We have assembled three great contributors to sport in Papua New Guinea to discuss the value of openness. Tiriki Numa was the first PNG athlete to qualify for the Tokyo Olympic Games, competing in the laser standard class in sailing. Welcome, Tiriki. Thanks. Thanks, Aaron. Peter Morrison has been assistant coach and technical advisor for PNG Boxing in the 2018 Gold Coast Commonwealth Games and 2019 Samoa Pacific Games. He's been heavily involved in PNG Australia cooperation in training and competition. He is himself a former New South Wales state boxing champion in Australia and a trek leader on the Kokoda Trail. Welcome, Peter. G'day, Aaron. How are you, mate? Yeah, great. Thank you. Appreciate you being here. And Ovita Rapila is somebody who has dedicated her professional life to sports administration, has worked with the PNGOC since 1994, currently heads the organisation as Secretary General since her appointment in 2011. In 2016, she was elected an International Olympic Committee member at the 129th IOC session in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, making her the first Papua New Guinean and first Pacific Island woman elected an IOC member. She's a member of the IOC Ethics Commission, IOC Digital and Technology Commission, and the Paris 2024 Olympic Games Coordination Commission. We are very lucky to get half an hour of her time when you take all of that on board. She has been a driving force behind this series as well and a great support. Welcome, Avita. Thank you, Aaron. Good day. Lovely to have you all with us. I just need to ask you all at this point, the pandemic, COVID-19, remains real and is presenting many challenges. It appears that it's not going to stop our Olympic Games from going ahead, but it's certainly making the preparations hard. Ovita, to you, first of all, as somebody who has to get a team to Tokyo, how are you doing in these challenging times? Aaron, it is challenging under the circumstances with the pandemic. 
but we're doing everything we can, working with each of our teams and each of our athletes, providing the best support that we can to ensure that they have their preparations ongoing for Tokyo 2020. Obviously, working with the International Olympic Committee and trying to see how best we can um, have our athletes prepared and take them across to Tokyo. So travel and considering the playbook that IOC and the Tokyo Organizing Committee has shared with us, there's a whole lot of things that come into play. And so we have to bring ourselves up to speed and we have our our teams all ready um, to participate at the Games. Tia Ricky, what about for you? You got that amazing news. You're going to the Olympics. You were the first athlete selected. And then it has just been a case of kicking the stone down the road ever since, has it? Yeah, it's been pretty crazy for us. Getting like the biggest obstacle out of the way, especially times like this when there's really nothing to do and stuff like that. We're normally out on in, in water, just getting our minds off everything else and try to focus more on um, the games and try to get better in what we do. Obviously, quitting my job um, to fo- focus and concentrate and put 100% time into my training preparations to, towards the games. Yeah, it's just it was very disappointing for me, but then uh, also to tend to realize that um, it has also given me more time to prepare for the games. Peter, you're in Australia, and I know hungry to get back to PNG at some point. It's hard to see when that might be right now, but how have you survived the last 12 months, especially when it comes to trying to contribute to PNG sport? It, it is really difficult, Aaron. The way that I've gone about it is maybe taking a bit of a mental break from from, from boxing and, and stuff like that because we had no competition available here in Australia as well for a good part of last year. So I've actually come back into it this year a bit more refreshed as well. Being able to connect with PNG boxing and, and certain athletes via social media. So we started a Facebook page, Strong in Boxing, Low PNG, to try and showcase different training techniques and ways of, of, of training, I suppose, um, that don't actually require much equipment because they understand the restraints in, the, say, a village environment where people haven't got expensive boxing equipment and and things like that. And everyone seems to be on social media anyway. So it was a good way to sort of showcase things could be done, manufacturing stuff in the village that could be obtained fairly easily in Port Moresby or in town or whatnot. That you, you don't need expensive equipment all the time. You know, you just need a good imagination and the will to to train hard and, and to learn and adapt. And yeah, you can you can you can get by with quite easily so that was one one way that we've been able to sort of remain connected i suppose i actually think it might be one of the most interesting aspects of these tokyo games that many of the countries that don't necessarily have the most amount of money the gold-plated preparation the sports science and the nutrition that some of the richest countries in the world have it might just bring some of those richer countries back to the pack because one thing about places like png we know how to just get it done under any circumstance so i wonder if there might actually be some advantages in what has gone on but we can talk more about that at another point I want to get on to this value of openness and Peter since we're with you let's start with you when I say to you the Olympic value of openness what does that mean in your mind and then going back to what you, you were saying there, PNG, let's be honest, isn't one of those countries that has all the bells and whistles and has access to 
super amounts of funding and, and, and things like that. So I, I think the openness from, from my perspective comes in sharing knowledge, whereas you might get some sort of coaches and other international teams that are very guarded in what they try and, you know, in the processes that they go through with, you know, preparing their teams and developing athletes. But my thoughts are that we, we should be, and especially Australia and Australian coaches should be open with the techniques and the, the, the styles of, uh, of training because if you can strengthen Australia's backyard in the Pacific region, it's surely it's only got to be good for Australian athletes too. It will mean that they don't have to travel so far internationally. You're building you know, relationship and bonds with those countries that have traditionally in our backyard. So that's my way of thinking. You know, the, the stronger we can make P&G boxing and the Pacific region as a whole, then it can only be beneficial for everyone. T, can I ask you the same question? What does openness mean to you? Uh, for me, openness means quite a few things, I think. I think one of the main things that stands out for me is just mental openness. So a couple of weeks ago, I was watching a documentary on uh, Michael Phelps. The, um, he was talking about the weight of gold and all that he has gone through during his um during his career as an Olympic athlete and everything that he kept bottling up. And once he retired, he started having some mental stuff going on with him. So it also came back to me where as not being open about the things that are going on with, between me during my preparations and stuff like that that are going on, opening up about what's happening to my training partner, to my coaches, which was really pretty hard for me because we don't really have a coach here. And every time when I'm going out for training, there's a lot of stuff going on in my mind. I'm not executing my targets. I'm not getting the things right. And just little stuff like that that really messes up with my mind and just gets me off my target. Being open about what's happening to you and what's really going on with you is very important. Or rather than keeping everything and letting it bottle up and then it ends up with a big explosion in the end. Ovita, as somebody who heads an organization that has the value of openness at its core, what does this look like to you? Openness um, is a core value of the uh, Papua New Guinea Olympic Committee, where we aim to be transparent and and accountable as an organization. We uh, place a lot of emphasis on good governance and best practice to to protect the reputation and integrity of, of the organization. Being an NGO, we rely heavily on sponsorship, fundraising and grants, and therefore we ensure that we account for all funds through annual audits presented at our AGMs and that decisions we make are transparent through the policies and processes we have in place. It's important for us to demonstrate uh, to our sponsors and donors that we have a a responsible organisation that is uh, transparent and accountable. and accountable. We encourage and cultivate a, a culture of openness from board level through to staff and to our committees, enabling an environment and a safe space for discussions to take place, ideas and feedback, issues raised and uh, encourage diverse points of view. This empowers everyone to collaborative work to achieve our shared goals for Team PNG and the organization. That sounds like it makes perfect sense. But in practice, that must be incredibly difficult because you might have somebody who is a promising young athlete 
in WeWAC who makes a bad decision that can reflect badly on Team PNG and then by proxy that can reflect badly on the Olympic movement and yet to some degree you still own that as an organisation. Does that keep you awake at night sometimes? Is that an incredibly hard thing to deal with? Every individual has their own set of values but Obviously, we'd like everyone that is part of Team PNG to embrace these values and, and to live by these values. T, if I can come to you, can you give an example of where openness happened and as a result, good happened? I think when I also got my first job, it was about being open. Yeah, all about having proper networking and stuff like that and just expressing my feelings and expressing what was really happening being open about what's like what you really want to do and stuff like that in life and there's a lot of people that are out there that are willing to also help you out again that makes a lot of sense to me when you say it like that but it's easier said than done right by being open you leave yourself sometimes open to being teased or you can show your weakness to people so it actually requires some bravery has that been your experience for my case, I'm very social. Like I have a lot of friends. I talk to a lot of people. It's so easy for me. For other people, it's very hard to actually open up and get out of their closet. For me, it's 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 been always been driven into me ever since I was a ever since I was a kid growing up. So I think for my case, it was just very it was easy for me to just open up and talk to anyone else about what's really happening. It also helps me out, which is sometimes unsafe for me to just go out there and tell someone about my problems, but I think it keeps me away from something to dwell on. Peter, you must see in boxing in particular the full spectrum, do you? People who are very open, easygoing, transparent, and an easy book to read, and then other people who are bringing a lot of history and are quite closed off. Yeah, I would say that's a fair thing. It, it attracts people from all facets of life, I suppose. And that's the interesting part about it too. With whoever it is, you've got to be, as a coach, you've got to be open with them in the feedback that you're giving them. There's no point uh, in pumping up someone's tyres who, who doesn't quite deserve that too much. You know, there's, there's got to be a bit of, uh, uh, of back and forth with, with, with that feedback that, you, you, that you're giving them because, um, you know, the, the last thing that you want to do is, especially in a, in a competitive boxing scenario, is, um, is give someone false sense of security or uh, a, a false sense of um, them being prepared enough and then put them into a situation in a, in a fight where um, they're going to get hurt. So it's it's really it's a really fine line to work. You know, people are, are keen and good to go and could be you know performing really well against in, in, on the pads and on the bags. But you know, you put them in a real life scenario, in a situation, and that's where people get hurt. So you want to you want to make sure that you're um, open uh, in in the discussions with your athletes uh, about their progress to to make sure that everyone. Uh, gets to enjoy the sport for as long as they possibly can. Both in T's answer before and yours there, it's interesting that somewhere associated with this idea of openness is the idea of straight talk, right? That sometimes you have to share hard truths, even if that means transparency or governance, or if it means something like telling an athlete that they have a weakness that could be exploited, that straight talk is part of openness. That. 
is 100% accurate, I think, especially in a combat sport scenario. Um, we're not playing cards here where, you know, in the end, you, there's two athletes walking, going into a boxing ring and they're, and they're punching each other as hard as they can. So we're, we're trying to limit the, the opportunities for getting injured or for getting hurt where we want to be outskilling our opponent. We want to be fitter. We want to be better at everything. So uh, if there is a, a weakness, then that, that's something that we need to work on and that's something that needs to be brought to the uh, brought to the table uh, w- w- when you can see it. And I think regular interactions and regular discussions are, you know, after each training session or during or whatever is the key to that. And people have bad days here and there and, you, you know, everyone's, everyone's the same. They've got work and other, other pressures. So, you know, that ebbs and flows, I suppose, with any sport. But um, uh, the key is consistency, I suppose. Well, Vita, just before I ask you about uh, an example of where openness has resulted in reward or a good outcome. I just wanted to talk to you about straight talk as well. Is that one of the toughest aspects of your job, having those hard conversations? Oh, yes, definitely. And I think it's always good to be um, to be upfront and honest with your views. And as a manager um, within the organization as well, it's important to um, uh, have that one-on-one um, with, with our staff forthright with them and, um, and 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 it makes it it gives them a clear a clear message and and that you have um, clear outcomes that you all want to achieve and, and and this is where as much as possible um, I try to encourage a, a culture of openness you know getting everyone to try and come out of their their comfort zone and, uh, and push their boundaries and, um, and and that's one way that um, we can um, you know support and inspire each other. It's interesting that you use the word culture because I imagine this is one of the reasons why openness is so prized by the Olympic movement is that by putting openness at your core, it sets a certain culture for an organisation and indeed every single conversation. You know, in sport, sport is all about excelling and, and, and being the best you can be. And every step and progress you make in life has meant a journey of accepting criticism and, and feedback learning from experience, being open to new ideas and, and ways to get, get better. So keeping an open mind helps you to grow um, as a person as you learn new things and, and build on um, experience and, and knowledge. That's a really interesting point and idea. T, can I come to you on that? If you achieve in sport and your sport happens to be sailing, it means that you are going to be exposed to a lot of things different to what you have traditionally known growing up or in your village or in the town where you live. So you need to be open to different ways of doing things, different cultures, different processes, and some can enrich you and some can damage you, I suppose, but you need to be open to them all, right? Ah, yeah, totally, totally. You just got to be open about everything else, which also comes back to one of the Olympic values, which is honesty. That's a very huge thing that also comes back to it. Yeah, I think it changes the the whole culture of everything. It's funny that you mentioned honesty because 
often as we move through this series and we talk about the various values, I almost imagine the values being like the Olympic rings, that even though they're their own ring, they also intersect with the other rings and honesty and openness certainly have uh, many connections in that regard. Can I ask you, Peter, about a time when upon reflection, you found it hard to be open or you failed to be open? And if so, what happened? I'll flip that around a little bit and so, and, and, and I remember a time I've been thinking about this is when I, that I, I was actually open with an athlete and they didn't want to accept the advice that I was giving them in a sense where they thought they were ready to compete when myself and the other coaches thought they weren't at another level. So it weren't at that level. The athlete then left our, our, our setup and, 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 our, and our gym and went externally and went somewhere else who then threw them into their first boxing fight and they were knocked out within the first round. So that was a bit disappointing and because I could see it coming and, 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 I, and I understand that you know, everyone's excited and they, they, they wanted to compete but we just didn't feel they were ready and um, I, I actually took a lot of lessons from that scenario and I uh, am very mindful of that, you know, moving forward with especially first-time athletes now. If you had your time over, what would you do differently? Because at first glance, what you've said there is you were open and the other person was closed. Not everyone, not every, everyone's the same. You can't train everyone exactly the same. You, you, know, you can work within a framework. But people have different skills. They get different enjoyment out of different activities or they re- respond to different exercises or different sorts of ways of training. So you need, I needed to look at each individual aspect a little bit more as an individual rather as a, as a team. It is a very individual sport, boxing, as you can imagine, uh, and it does help to have a team environment with other people training around you. But you need to tailor things, I, sp- I suppose, to the athlete and, and to listen to them and to maybe not what to, to what they're saying exactly, but maybe just picking up on the new, little nuances here and there of their, 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 their responses to different drills or different techniques, I suppose. Well, Vita, if I can come to you, if somebody is listening to this, they might say, okay, openness, you've made a good argument. I can see how this could make my life better. But the truth of the matter is, every single one of us, everyone in this conversation, everybody listening has made mistakes. Everybody has had secrets. Everybody has had things that they wouldn't necessarily want the world to know. And so how would you advise that if we wanted to better live this value, if we wanted to be more open, how might we go about bringing it into our lives? In any situation, you know, we should, as much as possible, we should all be honest and open uh, for mutual understanding and uh, and respect for uh, for difference of views. Everybody has their own views. Everyone has their has their own opinion, and um, we need to be a lot more receptive and, and open to the idea that we all have different views and we respect each other's views. And to en- encourage encourage everyone to speak freely. I I, I always believe that um, once you have everyone um, express themselves and, and contribute in in meetings and discussions, we get brilliant ideas and and suggestions that come through and. The best ideas um, always come from uh, open discussions, and I think it's it's really about supporting and, and encouraging each other to come out and, and and speak up in what we believe. 
Ricky, you say that openness is something that you have had in your life for as long as you can remember. That probably isn't true for everybody. What do you do well that we could learn from when it comes to living an open life? I'm very social, and like I could, I could probably say it in a much more in a in a in a jokey way, as I know, in a funny way where it might not mean. Like, I actually mean it, but it, I actually mean it. You get what I mean? Yeah, sometimes when I'm in a very tough scenario and I'm so down, but I try to say it in a much in a way where it doesn't sound that serious, but it's actually serious. And my close mates are pretty, they, they know me really well. So, and the people that are really close to me, they know me really well. So, they sometimes they pick it up so easily. They're like, oh, something's not right. And I think he actually means it, but he actually is actually making a joke out of it. I think that's super common amongst men, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, totally. So, yeah, a lot of my mates are very, they try to hear me out and stuff like that, which is really good. Yeah, I think the main thing is just identifying who you're really talking to and, you know, trying to find a way to actually break it out to them in a way where they understand rather than not everyone understands the same kind of way, which is something that you just got to identify. Peter, your last answer talked about openness on one side and a lack of openness on the other. It can take many different forms. How would you recommend we could better bring openness into our lives and live this value? That's a really great question. I think that, and I'm going to refer back to my other part of life in the the Kokoda Trail, when people push themselves to limits that they probably had never realized they could get to before. And it's amazing what happens at that point when people are at their wits end and um, they're exhausted, but they're achieving things that they've never done before. So I would encourage people to get out and participate in sport or whatever it is to push your boundaries. And it's amazing what happens, especially in a Kokoda Trail scenario when you start taking away all that white noise from everyday life like social media or mobile phones or, or, or family pressures or whatnot and it's just pure and it's raw. You're out in the bush and you're walking through pristine wilderness and listening to the stories of what, of what happened uh, through the Kokoda campaign and you're experiencing uh, local uh, village life and stuff and it's amazing what, what can happen with, with, with people and they start to open up and reflect on life and I, I kind of begin to count how many people have probably changed their life path because of a journey like Kokoda. They've realized that what they've achieved in the they've achieved in the past is nowhere near their, their limits. So yeah, it's really interesting and, and it's really I'm very thankful to be involved in something like that. And that can only happen if at some point they show they live that value of openness to go beyond what they are already aware of in themselves. Yeah, it's it's, it's correct. And it really is amazing how deep people can dig um, to get to that goal if, if it's in front of them. And we just facilitate that. And whether that's through sport or something like, you know, the Kokoda Trail. Fantastic. That is where we will leave our discussion of openness and this edition of Inspiring Conversations with Team PNG. My respect to our panel for their time and wisdom today. I have learned a lot. I hope that you have as well. Thank you. The clock is ticking down. You will soon be in Tokyo. You will soon be representing Team PNG on the biggest stage. Thank you for being with us, Tiriki Numa. Uh, thank you so much for having me on this show. Um, 
yeah, it was it was a wonderful, wonderful privilege to get be here and um talk about um and what's really happening inside inside sailing and sports in PNG at the moment. Um, yeah, thanks for having me on board. We're really proud of you and we can't wait to see what you can achieve up north. Boxing guru and champion of Australian PNG partnerships, even on the Kokoda Trail, Peter Morrison, thank you. Thank you, Aaron. I very much appreciate uh, the opportunity. Thank you to PNG OC and also to um, the Papua New Guinea Amateur Boxing Union as well for the opportunities and the, the coaching staff and the, uh, uh, the directors there. I uh, really feel humbled to be involved with you all. And PNGOC Secretary-General and History-Making Pacific Sports Administrator, Ovita Rapila, thank you. Thank you, Aaron. A pleasure and honour to be part of this show. Thank you so much for all your support and a big thank you to uh, DFAT, Pacific Oath Sport, for this wonderful support towards Team PNG for Tokyo 2020. Thank you very much. Back at you, and this has been heard all around the world. It's remarkable. I think the last time I checked, they were listening in Yemen, the United States, obviously in Japan. There's a lot of interest in this series, and it only happened because of your support. So, thank you to the Papua New Guinea Olympic Committee and the PNG Australia Partnership for making all of this possible. If you are hearing this through your radio right now, it is also available as a podcast. That's how they're hearing it in Yemen. And we encourage you to share and perhaps have your own inspiring conversation. I bet discussion of openness has never happened around the campfire in your village or around the dinner table with your family. Talk about it. See what it means in your world. I'm Aaron Carney. This has been Inspiring Conversations with Team PNG and we look forward to having you on our team again soon.